Thank cool. you very much. Go for it, guys. Welcome. Hello, Ray and Chris. Good to see you once again at EPAR Trade Industry Week on a Friday. So I know it is going to be fun. You've got some very interesting things to get us uh, started on with Total Sim and and uh, just uh, go ahead and take it away. Cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, thanks again for having us and for the for the nice introduction. Um, I guess uh, I'm going to. Uh, um, say that this this presentation is is just basically a continuation of the last couple of years so i would encourage everybody if they're interested in aerodynamics or cfd itself to go back and uh you know go onto the epar trade uh website and find the the previous two uh presentations that that i've done here um and trying to build on that for i think the first one in 2020 we talked about kind of what is cfd and what do we do in the aerodynamics world these days and then last year, I kind of talked about the data and how you can leverage that information that you either get from a wind tunnel or from, from CFD. Uh, and this year, I kind of want to build on that. And I brought a, a, a guest with me, uh, Chris Lurch from, hi, Chris. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Uh, Chris is the lead vehicle dynamics engineer at, uh, at iRacing. And he's going to kind of talk about how, how they're actually applying um, aero data, just like a, like a team would. Um, so just to give you a little background, I'm going to go through this really quick, remind everybody who Total Sim is. Uh, we've kind of started out of uh, Reynard and Advantage CFD, which became F a couple of different F1 teams. Uh, and then the outside consulting became Total Sim, and we, we set up an office in the UK and here in the US around 2009. Have a small office in Japan now. Here in the US, we have uh, guys in California, Texas, and our main office is in Ohio. Uh, in the UK, they've expanded into a bunch of other things. Uh, they've got a Silverstone Sports Engineering Center that's all about uh, cycling and sliding sport aerodynamics. Uh, and they've got a, uh, a, a dedicated uh, underground straight line testing facility called Catesby now. Um, so quite a few things going on uh, in our world. Here in the US, uh, it's mainly um, myself and Nathan Eagle started this office. My background's in um, race car engineering, uh, spent 20 years in mostly IndyCar uh, work, um, and that's how I met Chris. <laughs> uh, Nathan, uh, on the other hand, was in aerospace, advantage CFD, and then uh, Williams uh, Formula One, where he started their CFD department back in around 99 or 2000, and he stayed there until he came over here in, uh, in 2011. We do all kinds of things. We don't just do race cars. We still do a lot of race car work, uh, a lot of automotive work, but CFD and modeling and simulation has penetrated many industries now. So we're involved in everything from aerospace to industrial uh, fluid flows, HVAC, uh, medical stuff, oil and gas, all kinds of fun stuff. Um, so back to what we wanna talk about race car wise. So last year <clears throat> we, we talked about what AeroData can do for you. And what I was trying to explain was how, how we map a car, we understand the characteristics of the aerodynamics at different either ride height clearances, different crosswind conditions, different steering angles. Um, and then we can use those maps that we build to optimize the car or at least optimize the setup because most racing is kind of spec now. You can't really design new parts. So we have to understand what we want to take to the racetrack every weekend. So we use that map. Um, just like you would uh, any other setup device, input that into a, a, 
a lap simulation program or hand calculation um, and, and go and figure out what the optimum setup uh, relative to aerodynamics would be for the different types of tracks you're going to. So uh, this, this is kind of what an aero map looks like. Uh, Chris will get into this a little bit more, but really what we're doing is we're, we're kind of moving the car around and we're testing in all these different attitudes. And then we're trying to make some sort of sense of that, some plots around that, that we can use to, to calculate um, what kind of forces are being generated from the car at each position around the racetrack. So, and <clears throat> what we talked about last year was kind of the way we're enabling people to do that and the way we do it ourselves is we've developed this workflow that allows you to go through these things really quick because we're talking about a lot of runs. Um, and uh, uh, the ability to have repeatable methods inside of modeling and simulation is really important so that um, you know that you're gonna get out a consistent set of data that are directly comparable. And one of the customers we've been working with for the last, I don't know, Chris, what, almost 10 years now, probably. Yeah, um, about 10. We, uh, we go back uh, longer than that. Chris and I met in the pit lane, uh, probably IndyCar pit lane, I think, Chris. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it was. And, uh, and um, we started working together um, doing, doing CFD and iRacing first came to us to do things that they couldn't, you know, some things you can do in CFD that you can't get otherwise, and then we've worked on all types of cars with these guys. Um, so with that, I'd like to introduce Chris Lurch, who is the head of vehicle dynamics at iRacing, which is becoming a pretty large department. And uh, I'll let him introduce himself and then talk about uh, their use of uh, aerodynamics and CFD. Yeah, <clears throat> thanks, Ray. Um, so I guess first a little bit about iRacing. Um, I guess we've you know, over the last 10 years, we've grown as a as kind of a, a mix between a video game and an esport and a simulation. Um, and we've, you know, the, the pandemic certainly helped us grow um, quite a lot as people couldn't race real cars, they were racing virtually. And that was quite, quite helpful for us. Um, so kind of a silver lining in a, in a tough time. Um, and, and my background is, is in motorsports primarily. I've been in motorsports for 25 years. I think I met Ray 20 years ago um, when I was actually in Formula One. So I've worked in Formula One, IndyCar, Formula Atlantic, sports cars. Um, and then I've been at iRacing for about nine years. Um, so, I mean, I guess really, you know, a question is why, why would a company like iRacing, which is, you know, available as a, as a subscription business to anybody to race, why would we use CFD? Um, and I think that sort of the root of it is, is in iRacing's identities. Um, and we have more than one. I mean, I think to some people we're a video game, to some people we're an eSport, and to some we're a simulation. Um, and that's, you know, there's, there's no clear consensus about exactly what we are, even within the company. Um, so we, we have to try to figure out, you know, how to balance this. And, and as it turns out, um, within the constraints of all of our identities, the simulation part of it really is pretty key. Um, and so our, our vehicle models have to correlate well to their real world counterparts. That's a some, sort of a, a basic aspect of who we are as a company. Um, and aerodynamics is key to real world correlation. So the short answer 
is the CFD is often our best way to ensure we have complete and accurate aero models um, for, our, for our cars. And then additionally, you know, as, as CFD and, and as, you know, companies like TotalSim have developed um, methods for outside companies to apply CFD, it's become a lot more accessible to a company like ours. Um, and so while our relationship with TotalSim goes back probably more than a decade, for sure, over the last five years, our CFD efforts have ramped up um, in part because of the, the increased accessibility. So there's, and then there's, a, there's sort of a key component to why we're able to do CFD. Um, and that's of course the, you know, we're, we don't just do lap sims, we, we have graphical models of the cars. So there's a, there's a physical component and a graphical component to every car in our racing. Um, and information for both is typically supplied by the manufacturer. Um, but what if the information on aerodynamics is, isn't what we need? Um, you know, and, and I guess it's important to bear in mind that for some lap sims, a ride height map is enough. For iRacing, it's not. Um, we also need things like yaw sweeps and runs of the car in states that are outside its normal operating range. Um, so what we're able to do is, is sort of leverage the fact that we've got a graphical model and, and we can turn that into um, an accurate CFD-ready geometry that we can then do aerodynamic analysis on. So what does our process look like? Um, so it starts with geometry prep. Um, you know, much like any other CFD endeavor, we start with either manufacturer supplied CAD or 3D scans of existing cars. And then we completely resurface the model, um, maintaining the original geometry and, and ensuring that it's CFD ready. The second step is to actually do the CFD runs. Um, and so we start by looking at, at data for existing cars that are similar. Um, and for ride height mapping, we'll concentrate our runs just in the areas where the car runs. We won't do a, a sort of a uniformly spaced map and do a lot of runs where the car actually doesn't operate um, because we don't really gain a lot from it. Um, and then we will add bounding box runs at extreme ride heights. Um, and, and we also do yaw sweeps. For, for us uh, with driver in the loop sim, side force is really important to capturing the experience. So, so we always do quite extensive yaw sweep work. Um, and then we also do extreme attitudes to make sure that when the car crashes, it behaves believably. Um, for our post-processing and error model definition, sort of the, the final phase, we use data fitting routines to transform our sparse, um, non-uniformly spaced mapping into a fully populated matrix. Um, and we use yaw sweeps to generate side force um, characteristics. And then we, uh, and by the way, the roll steer and aerodynamic trims, we typically treat those independently. Um, of the other effects. And then we have a CFD standardized uh, sort of input model that we will put into our, to our cars. So what does this all mean to the user of iRacing? Um, so there's, 
I guess the first piece of it is, of course, we have the car set up um, and it's a garage very similar to what you'd have either in your race yet or at the racetrack where we can you can adjust build and, and um, car build and and sort of tuning parameters like tire pressures and ride heights cambers um, and for aerodynamics we include bodywork packages um, and trims and then we often will include a calculator so that you can estimate ride height dependence um, based on the mapping that we include. And then from there, you can get into, as you would um, a lap sim, um, you can sort of create development goals and, and generate run plans from that, um, and then perform data analysis to, to try to achieve whatever goals that you've got. Um, and those goals could relate to either driver or car performance. So what is this, how does this benefit a race team? Uh, how would this benefit someone in the industry? I, I mean, traditionally iRacing I think has been used as a driver development tool, um, both including basic skills, learning tracks, um, as well as racecraft. Um, but we, we do, we are certainly discovering that the simulation has come along to the point that many race teams are considering using it as a, as a car development tool. Um, and we are we are developing the ability to have people be able to create their own models in iRacing um, so that they can use them as you would a lap time sim, um, but but with a driver in the loop. Chris, yeah, I think uh, it's maybe it's worth worth saying too about you know it's not just the aerodynamics right that you guys in order to make these this this simulation you know valuable from a like an engineering standpoint rather than just a driver training or a you know gaming standpoint um i i don't want anybody to to think that aerodynamics are the only thing that you go this deep on i mean you guys probably go deeper on on the 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 suspension the kinematics the the dampers and especially the tires yeah for sure i mean we so the I, I think the total list of parameters we need that we need to enter to, the, to model a car is probably in the thousands. Um, and some of the things are re relatively straightforward. Um, the two that are the least straightforward are definitely the aero and the tires. Um, and we, I would say for every car development, at least a third of the development time that we attribute to it goes straight to tire development. So the, the tire model is is uh, is involved, and the, and the development process around tires is as well. Um, but the arrow is 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 key, as in addition. I mean, no sim is going to be able to to capture the behavior of a real car unless the arrow is accurate. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, cool. So I think uh, yeah, I appreciate that, uh, Chris. The 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 in-depth explanation of, of building these maps out. And I think just to, to kind of recap some of the things that we talked about last year was that, um, you know, in this workflow, it's still, it's still for aerodynamics, um, you know, unlike maybe other parts of the car, it is heavily geometry dependent, right? So we need, we need to focus on that geometry. It's not like we can just do some um, approximations, although, 
we do tend to make compromises just like you would in any, in any other type of uh, simulation where you, where you uh, have to decide what level of detail you want to have. But the most important thing is having all that kind of wetted surface that the air sees. So that includes, you know, the brake cooling system, the engine cooling system, open wheel cars, all the suspension and the cockpit area. And, uh, and I have to say these, the, uh, you know, Chris uh, and the guys at iRacing have, you know, what they call artists that, that draw the, draw the models either from the scanner or the CAD, but that they, their models are incredibly detailed. Um, so, uh, it allows them the ability to do this. And I think we discussed last year that some, sometimes this is the barrier to entry for, for computational work or, or CFD is being able to get that geometry, especially like for uh, a spec car series or a series where you're purchasing uh, body work or whatever it is. Um, you know, those companies aren't going to supply you, you know, a SOLIDWORKS file to go along with that. So you'll have to do some reverse engineering, either through scanning and we see that being more and more common. Um, you know, we, we have a scanner. We do that quite a bit. Um, I think we talked about that a bit, uh, bit before about the geometry uh, prep here. Let's see if I can find the slide. There it is. So, you know, we're doing scanning. Chris, Chris uh, and the guys at iRacing have invested in a, in a, in a, a pretty trick scanning kit as well. And um, so this is kind of becoming more and more commonplace, both in the physical world and, and the virtual world where, where these guys live, that we have to take these physical things and move them into that virtual world so that we can do this digital testing on them. Um, so that, that's still, I, I, I want to emphasize that point, but I, I, I think those barriers are actually coming down as well, too, um, where this is becoming more commonplace. Um, you know, that scanners themselves are, are, are dropping in price and the time to do it, the, the software tools that allow you to heal these things up and, and, uh, and get, the, get the final product you need um, are getting better and better all the time too. So um, that's, uh, that's really a, a primary consideration for this, this kind of design loop before you get into the, how do we want to set it up and what do we, what do we want to run? Um, but I think, um, yeah, then we work through this, this workflow. And again, it's the consistency of being able to do this uh, and make what used to be really difficult, uh, um, you know, setup and requiring an expert level of things to check everything. We've got some, again, software tools that allow these things to go a lot faster. And then the post-process and the data and everything comes through uh, in a very consistent manner so that you can develop those, those, uh, those maps pretty quickly that, uh, that Chris was talking about. But yeah, I think, uh, I think that pretty much Joe covers a lot of what we wanted to, what we wanted to get out and just kind of talk about how, um, you know, we're seeing this merging of the, the physical world and the, and the virtual world. And, um, you know, we kind of live in that, that virtual digital wind tunnel world. And it's, it's logical that we're supplying a, a virtual racing league with some of that. Um, but it's also the same thing that happens in, in the real world if you want to go racing, you know, and we see these things coming together and overlapping quite a bit. Um, and just wanted to leave a little bit of time for any questions that might be out there from anyone or, or something you'd be interested in. Well, they, there are a couple of questions out there in the chat section, and perhaps you did touch on these during the presentation, but I'll ask them anyway. And I, I got to tell you, Ray and Chris, I just find it interesting that what, uh, what, what has occurred with you putting together the iRacing program and just like the collection of data. And you don't even know where it's going to go, but when you start amassing data, then all of a sudden things can transform. And I think that's what we're seeing. It's pretty interesting. Um, one question is, 
How accurately does the result of CFD analysis relate to real world use? In the past, CFD was a great uh, way to generalize flow, but in, uh, but in the wind tunnel testing, it did not exactly correlate to the model. It has been some time, so my assumption in the results more closely emulate real conditions. Do you have an answer for uh, that gentleman, John, out there? Yeah, sure, thanks. That's a, that's a great question because I think like any other type of simulation, even you know this driver in the loop type simulation, things have come a long way. And you know the top level of motorsports, um, plus the, the, the automotive and aerospace industry has invested a lot of time and money in these modeling and simulation tools to, to get them better correlated. Um, we've had the, the, the privilege, I would say, of working with you know, manufacturers at the top level of, of motorsports in, this, uh, in the US and in Europe. And there is a lot of effort put in. It is, it is a, a non-trivial task, I would say, still, to get that correlation right. But what's happened is as computers have accelerated, you know, they're faster and faster. We can run larger and larger models you know, in, in an overnight time frame and get answers back. Um, and, and then having the ability with, you know, for the last 20 years of going to a place like Windshear, um, which is a full-scale wind tunnel with a rolling road, now we can actually capture data in the real world because sometimes the, the difficulty was actually capturing that data to be able to, to correlate it. Um, the data wasn't always captured in, in old fixed floor wind tunnels or on the racetrack, it's difficult to capture data. So now we have that ability on both sides, both the physical testing side and, and the simulation side to collect this data and, and uh, compare it. And we feel, we feel really good about it. We've had a lot of programs in the last five years that have um, you know, based on the fact that we had these programs that were, you know, had enough dollars to do everything, all the physical testing and all the CFD, we now have a lot of confidence in how to go straight to the racetrack using CFD. Provided the geometry is good, the CAD's under control, we're modeling what we want to model. And I'm sure Chris can talk to, um, you know, on other things in aerodynamics like tire testing or, or damper modeling, you know, that physical testing and those, those things also um, uh, are getting closer too, aren't they, Chris? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think just on the aero side, I would say that when, when we started looking at CFD, I think our, our sort of level of acceptability in terms of, of real world correlation was, was significantly higher than it is now. Yeah. I think as the years have progressed, we've We've decided so we kind of had that, the the, the uh, ninety ten rule, or maybe it was even a little more lax. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was bigger started. than that because you know it was a game, right? So we had to get it. We had to get it close, better than nothing. But but now we're actually getting into the the the, the nitpicky world, uh, like a real team. Yeah, I mean we we're at a point now where if it's not within five percent, we're not interested. Um, and that's I mean that's a great it's a great development, and it's you know it's a testament to to total sim. And, and actually it, I mean, it reflects the fact that iRacing has, you know, we've definitely improved our ability to, to create the geometry um, in the last couple of years. And so the geometries that we generate are, are far better than they were when we first started this, this journey. Um, and, and that's true of, of other areas of the car as well, um, you know, in terms of the suspension, dampers, um, you know, we have, we've certainly been to CalSpan and done tire testing. Um, we buy tires and we cut them up to try to figure out how they're constructed. Um, and so, yeah, it's, there's, there's no end 
sort of to try to figure out the, the best way to correlate our model to the real world. Joe, to kind of build on what Chris was saying, I, you know, he's, he's, he's allowed to say what, uh, what, what those guys do, uh, you know, uh, more than, more than I am, but I have to say that, that these guys, um, you would be impressed to know how much that company is investing in engineering and testing. Um, you know, Chris is, Chris and Eric maybe were the two first guys there. There were a couple of guys that were engineers, but I don't know how big your team is now, Chris. It's like six or seven. Yeah, we have six vehicle dynamicists, and then we have a dedicated um, CAD person who does aero and CFD for us. So I mean, that's that's bigger than many race car manufacturers, in fact, and um, maybe you know not at the F1 level, but that's that's as big as an IndyCar team or or some NASCAR teams as far as an engineering department. And all these guys that are there are you know off the track uh, with you know decade plus experience. It's uh, it's pretty impressive. Um, guys, is there is there anything that we didn't cover? I see Francisc and Judy are coming on. Is there anything we didn't cover? Obviously, throw out the contact information for people to find out more. Yeah. But there anything that we didn't discuss that we needed to. No, I think I think uh, I think it was really good. I think we just wanted to to emphasize how how we see the future of motorsports, um, you know, evolving both in the physical world and the virtual world in parallel. And you know, this concept of modeling and simulation is kind of blurring over, uh, you know, as a substitute for real testing and for real development. And uh, these guys are a great example of that. Excellent, thank you. And Joe, you might have had one more question. In the chat button. Yes, there is actually. Uh, have you done any thermal CFD in electric vehicles and dissipating heat and battery systems in motor cooling? Yes, we have. It is uh, that is the thing with uh, with EVs now is the the thermal management systems. I don't know if anybody's ever seen a a Tesla octavalve <laughs> pull, pulled apart on how complicated these systems are, but that's where it's at because it it really um, you know. Both drag and thermal management in an EV, um, you know, directly equates to range, and that's what people worry about uh, with EVs. So, um, yeah, it's it's a hot topic, and and um, modeling and simulation has come a long way where we can model these entire systems as one um, uh, to whatever level of detail you want. So, it's pretty interesting, and it's fun stuff too. It's different. Um, oh, you so, make it sound fun, uh, Ray. You, you have, no, you have <laughs> well, that yeah, it. if you don't have fun at work, right? Look, yeah, Chris it, works for a game company, right? That's <laughs> fun. Yeah, I mean, you, you make it exciting for people like us that are not anywhere close as smart as you are to understand, you know, and, and that's that's really that's really the beauty of it. So if that, everybody thank should you for, sign up for iRacing and, and start, you know, laughing around. It's it's a it's a blast, even if you what, if you, even if you're a terrible driver like me. Uh, well. Thank you very much for being with us today. Registering on ePartrade is easy. To start, click on the Join for Free button on the homepage. First, search your company to see if it's already in our database. If you see your company on the list, click on it to select it. Then, choose Claim Company if you are one of the decision makers, an owner, marketing person, or main company contact or choose Join Company if you are an employee, and press Continue. If you couldn't find your company in our database, select Register a New Company. On the following page, fill out your name, email, phone number, job title, and choose a secure password. If you chose Register a New Company, you'll need to choose your business type. 
Select Supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose Racing Business if you're looking to source new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose Race Team if you own or are a member of a professional race team. Then, enter your company name. Please provide a website, Facebook page, or LinkedIn if you have one, and choose to either claim or join the company. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Finally, click Register Now and your registration will be submitted for approval. An email will be sent to your inbox. Please confirm your email address and you will be approved shortly. Welcome to ePartrade.